I've thought a lot about this message over the past several weeks, actually. Or I've thought about a lot about, not about this message, but about doing the message, I guess. I thought more about that. And it's amazing when you are in this pastoral stream and and God has equipped you and he's called you and he's anointed you for just ongoing ministry. And there's like this river that flows through you that it's kind of like this summer. It starts out sometimes where it's it, well, there's times when that river is very uh, boisterous, running very deep. And then it gets sometimes like this summer where it seems like every stream in our state dried up. And we could walk down the riverbeds without getting your feet wet. So it's like that sometimes in ministry where you're in this process of becoming who God has destined you to be. And then you're in charge of helping others to become who God has destined them to be. And sometimes we forget as ministers that it's important for us to remember that God has certainly assigned us the responsibility of teaching, training, and equipping, and releasing the word, and helping others to find their way to abundance. But it's also important for the body to realize that ministers are not perfect people. Ministers are not people that have everything together. And sometimes we like to give off the illusion that we are and we do. So today may be a little unconventional. Those of you that know me, not by choice that I would be unconventional. I just didn't know how to be anything else. So what you see is what you get. If it doesn't work for you, don't worry, Quentin. We'll be back back next week and you'll probably not have to hear from me again. So so you don't have to leave because of whatever. Just hang on. It'll be fine next week. Have you ever thought about, well, actually we think and understand and probably know more about a caterpillar becoming a butterfly because we use that illustration in our life a lot. It's like this amazing transition where this creepy crawly thing becomes this beautiful flying wonder. And so we talk a lot about that change and that metamorphosis that takes place. And we have all kinds of amazing and neat terms that describe that process that I don't know or or remember. Um, But truthfully, have you ever thought about where the caterpillar came from? Because there was another whole part of that journey that we never talk about. The caterpillar had to become something from something else, correct? And I honestly just thought about that while I was standing here this morning trying to clap in rhythm. And I was a little bit distracted by the effort. So I started thinking about caterpillars for some reason and felt like it must be important for today. So, so here we go down this rabbit trail. And we haven't even started yet. So here's this journey that this 
you know, the word larvae comes to mind. So I think that's where it kind of originates from. And that's not nearly as, you know, a, a caterpillar isn't that great looking, but it's better than the the first part of the journey. And uh, and then maybe that's why we don't talk about that, because that's the uglier part of the journey. And, and uh, so maybe today is my attempt to share that there are parts of the journey that we're on that don't really look that appealing. And most of the time we're attempting as human beings to throw off the illusion that we actually don't go through those ugly parts. That the smiles that we put on on Sunday morning are actually thoroughly genuine. And it's because we have this amazing faith in God that we can be so perfect all the time and happy. We have this guy that comes to our shop that's a Cintas representative and he delivers uniforms to the to the guys in the in the and even the office help said there's something wrong with this guy because he's just way too happy <laughs> he's so happy he comes in and, and it can be 30 degrees out and he's sweating because he's so ambitiously happy which is not a bad thing so sometimes we give we we have this way of giving off the illusion that the person that we're becoming hasn't been through some really difficult things to get where we are. And I don't want to mess with your head too badly today, but if you're going to go to a place where you haven't been, you're going to go through some more ugly times, more difficult times, where you are something now But to get to where God is taking you, you're going to go through some things that are going to make you grossly uncomfortable. And you may feel like everybody sees you as gross while you're grossly uncomfortable. Because change is always difficult and change is oftentimes awkward. Change oftentimes, or at least the process thereof, brings out not necessarily the best in us, but the worst in us during that change. Think about that little guy inside of an egg, and he's so badly wanting to not be in the egg anymore. And everything within him says, get out of this egg. And if you could x-ray through the egg, there is something extremely ugly inside of that egg it's wet and weird looking and awkward and gangly and all of the above all at the same time but he's desperate to get or she is desperate to get out of that egg and so there's this process that this little chick goes through to get out of the egg and it's just like it's desperate to get that first crack in the shell, and it's in there with its probably halfway soft beak, you know, that's kind of hardening, maybe even in the process, and it hurts, and he's never done it before, and he's pecking away at this, and maybe not even sure if what he's pecking away at is what he's supposed to be pecking away at, because who knows what's going to happen when he finally breaks the thing, because 
sure they probably not had in the egg classes about what it's like when you break out of the egg. And so finally he sees a crack in it, you know, and we've seen the pictures of his beak appears and, and then the rest of him. And truly it is, as I described, it's pretty ugly, you know, this kind of horrible looking little creature that doesn't know what to do with himself now that he's finally poked his beak and his eye and now his head. Um, and eventually the rest of him kind of tumbles out of the wreckage of this shell that he's been living in for so long. And what an awkward spot to be in. It's like looking around at, I wasn't expecting this. What is all this stuff? He's been used to living in darkness. Been used to living in the shadow. He's been used to living in a very comfortable place. But something inside of that little chick said, You can't stay here or you'll die. You can't stay where you are or you'll die. And God is calling you out of where you are or you're in the process of that awkward journey out of where you are into a place where he desires you to be. And it's a place of trusting your instinct. It's a place because God put that instinct there. Wisdom comes from him. And if we're searching our heart and calling on him and sensitive to his leading, he is leading you through this process as awkward as it may be. I can tell by your faces, some of you, that you're in a very awkward place right now. And you feel like God woke me up in the morning and told me about your situation. He didn't. He didn't. I don't know anything about any of you right now. It's just what God's doing in me. So, Probably some of you know stuff about me that he showed you. And so I'm just beating you to it. I'm just going to tell the story before I. So we're in this journey. We're in this process of becoming who God has destined us to be. And so last night, well, let me just back up now about. Two and a half years ago, um, God called us out of the ministry as we knew it in a traditional format to ministry to the marketplace, which meant that I would go into a business role and into the marketplace. And I was really excited about that. I've always had a very entrepreneurial heart and way. And so it was interesting that God would bring a shift like this. But hearing that call, but then understanding what it's going to look like is two completely different things. Some of you have gone through the process of leaving your lifelong work and moved into retirement. Maybe it's kind of like that. I don't know. I haven't got there yet. But it's a big transition from moving from something that you're so familiar with and you can almost do by with ease by just your experience and 
You're used to the journey. You're used to hearing the voice of the Lord. You're used to you're used to putting together messages. You're used to it's just this big flow that's going on inside of you, and it's just part of who you are. But when the shift began, all of a sudden I was launching into very unfamiliar things. I didn't realize how closely connected my identity was with what I did. So I had allowed myself, as we all probably do, to be defined by what we do. Who we are becomes what I do. It's pretty incorrect, actually. Who you are is a son or a daughter of the living God. And what you do is vastly different than who you are. You're amazing, even if you feel like you're the worst at what you are. God sees you as this amazing chick that has managed to get out of the shell, and you survived it, and you're still maybe wandering around, wondering where you are and wondering what you're going to do next, but God's amazed by the idea that you're still looking for direction. You showed up here this morning, probably not because everybody told you that this was the the most intellectually based church on the planet, especially when I was speaking. Come on, Pastor. Chicks and butterflies, you know. God's doing an amazing work in you, even if you feel like you're a train wreck. God's doing an amazing work in you, even if you feel like you're an absolute failure. I have relationships that I that are broken badly, and I can't fix them. And not for lack of trying. And God still thinks I'm amazing. He looks into my heart and he sees that if there was ever a shift where that relationship would be able to be mended, he knows I would run through that door as hard as I could run. He sees you for who you are and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. See, God has this ability to not only see you where you are, but he sees where he's taking you. And he's excited about that journey because he knows that he has the power to bring you from light to, to from darkness to light. He has the ability to bring you from dysfunctional to functional. He has this ability and this awareness that if we give him a, an opportunity, he'll make something beautiful out of our life. He's promised that he would. And those of you that have been around enough in the faith know that he's brought you from darkness to light, from darkness to light, from darkness to light. And it's almost like this repetitive process that 
I guess I didn't realize what was happening. I just thought I was going through this moment where I was colossally depressed and I felt like my life was over and I was useless for the kingdom any longer. No. Once she was a larvae or larvae. Larvae in French, maybe. <laughs> And then you became a creepy crawly caterpillar. Woohoo! Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. And you felt really good about being a creepy crawly caterpillar. But guess what? Then a day came where you moved from that place to a new place and you were flying around looking down at all the creepy crawlies and saying, hey, wait till you get up to where I'm at. It's amazing and wonderful and awesome. And you forgot about being a larvae. But the truth is you're on this amazing journey. And like that chick that emerges from the egg, it's not an easy process always. And so I'm in the middle of this process, transitioning from what's familiar to what's unfamiliar and being stretched in a colossal amount of ways. And the process becomes arduous at best. Where you once were sure of yourself and could function with ease in your gifting and calling because you'd done it for 26 years. Now everything is new and awkward and different. And your identity is lost in the shuffle And you don't know whether you're a larvae or a caterpillar or a butterfly or whatever the world is next after that. But in the process, God is causing me to become everything that he's destined me to be. What I do trust is that in spite of myself and in spite of my fears and my awkwardness, in spite of my identity crisis and and whatever else is going on in there, the constants are that God is faithful. And he started a work in me, and his word says that he has every intention of completing it. And so I I go from this kind of roller coaster ride of emotions It says one day I don't know, and the next day I do know, and the next day I'm not sure, and the next day. But there's always this understanding. If I quiet my trauma or my drama, that God will break through that drama and say, remember my word. Remember who I am. Remember what I've promised you. And sometimes I can't get to that point by myself. As hard as it is for me to admit that. Last night, my wife felt like I needed an intervention. Come on. Thank God for a good wife. Because she wasn't sure if I was a larvae or a butterfly or or you know, a B-52 bomber or something. And because my wife loves me and knows me better probably than I'm willing to know myself at times, 
She called some good friends of ours, Ben and Vicki Corrington, whom we've known and had a relationship with for many years, and were instrumental in helping us plant this church originally. She asked if we could come to dinner, and they graciously agreed. And so we went to dinner, and I was nervous because I knew my wife had been up to something. And I was nervous because of this process that I'm in. And I know that psychologically and emotionally the enemy is trying to wear me down and cause me to be the train wreck that I feel like I am. And so as we had dinner, it was wonderful as always. They're such gracious hosts and And the truth of the matter is, I trust them with my whole heart. And so we continued to have our dinner, and then we're sitting in that little tiny awkward spot where, okay, we can't talk about the green grass leaving and whatever, and now this this thing is going to happen right now. It's coming. And I'm going to have to be vulnerable and I'm going to poke my head out of this shell and Jesus help me because I would like to be anywhere other than this spot right now. And so she asked the question. She's really good at asking these questions. She said it this way, Brian, we are concerned about you. It feels as if the person that we know and love is slipping away from us. And it's like every inhibition and every fear, it's like the Holy Spirit just took over her spot. And this flood of process, it's like I could remember every time that my beak hit the shell vividly and all of a sudden it's like all of my stuff just started to pour out and I sat there for 30 40 minutes explaining to them and really my wife where I was at as an individual and why I felt like I was, I, told, I said it this way, I feel like I have this need to tread water. I feel like I'm drowning sometimes. I'm losing a grasp of who I have always been. And I'm not sure who I am anymore. Because my identity is transitioning from one thing to another. And I said, I feel like I have this intense need to tread water. But then I look down and I'm in a mud puddle and there's nothing to tread water in. And I'm just flailing in in this mud puddle. It's awkward and actually stupid. But that's just an image of what's going on psychologically. 
You didn't know you were going to be preached at by a basket case this morning, did you? <laughs> hey, welcome to welcome to our world, is right. So, so here we are in this in this conversation, and the point of the conversation becomes: those are all true emotions, very real emotions. You guys have had variations of those emotions and times when the enemy had you by the throat and you felt like you couldn't breathe or that you were drowning or that you were not going to survive this ordeal that you were in. And the tragedy is that we don't let somebody into our life that can let us know what the real picture or the real image actually is. And fortunately, my wife has a way of inviting people in. Guys are a little more hard, hard-headed than that. At least I am. And so she started asking, or they actually, Ben and Vicky, con- contributed to this conversation. But the, but some of the questions that I was left with was, what has shifted in you? What is, what is maybe some of the unhealthy parts of this transition to where? And she said, I felt for the last few days, weeks, or whatever it was, that it might be a question of whether you're being driven or whether you're being led. And that hit me right here. And I was like, I've, I've been so accustomed to being led and my nature is to be driven. Just I'm I'm not a I don't I'm not a person that's a slacker. I'm, I'm always the one that's you know overdoing. So it's it's not an, a matter of being a slacker. But there's a difference between being driven and being led, giving your whole heart to something because you're being led in that direction, or being driven because you're trying to do it. By yourself. And so I think I found myself in some respects in a place where God's given me this new assignment, but I'm not used to doing it with him and I'm trying to do it by myself. So I'm working harder. It's just what we do. We work harder. We work longer hours. We work Sundays if need be. Saturdays, nights, weekends, all of the above. And then you come to the place, I believe God brings you to the place where it's not the answer. Because you're driven to become something and you're not being led. It's like, so, I said, Vicki, what does that mean? How do I be, she's like, I don't know. <laughs> you got to figure that out. <laughs> so, so he didn't give me that part. So, start pecking at the shell. <laughs> you got to get now. Part of the answer is getting out of this spot and into the new spot, and that's a that's a part of your journey. And so, I woke up this morning with this kind of energy 
going on inside that I wasn't dreading this message any longer because all of a sudden the the, the plan or a or a new part of my purpose was starting to emerge. That okay, God, this new part of of what you're drawing me into is is part of changing who I am. Part of becoming who you've destined me to be. And even though it's awkward, you just gave me the next mile marker. You just gave me the next leg of the journey. You just gave me something else to, to, to contemplate and to, and to work through that will help me get to the next place. So I'm excited about that. There's energy now. There's some awareness. There's some breakthrough. There's some information that I really needed and it came through some trusted friends and, and it took this awkward moments of, of transparency and, and just spilling my guts, so to speak. And, and, and then we come to, and there's a few other things that, that we went away from. God is, through our life journey, giving us the opportunity to become a more healthy and mature version of myself. This was another one of those elements. Am I resisting this opportunity to become a healthier version of myself? Or am I just doing what I default to do, which is work harder, work harder, work harder, be more committed, be more committed, be more faithful, be more faithful without really seeing what God is trying to do inside? You can work harder. And it's like when Jesus told Paul, why are you kicking against the goads? You're just kicking against the goads. You're fighting me. You're resisting my intervention in your life. Why? Why? Why was Paul resisting the kingdom of God as it came through Jesus? It was because it was all new. It was, it was not from God. It was from the devil. And he was fighting it. And he was putting these Christians, these bad Christians in prison. And he was fighting, fighting, doing everything that he could to stamp out this movement. And all of a sudden realized that he was fighting the wrong battle. How many times are we fighting the wrong battle? Easy to do. So one, God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. It's good news. (laughs) It's your invitation to these awkward processes that I'm talking about, but but I'm telling you, God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And if you think you're good right now, I'm good. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to fly beneath the radar and get to heaven and, and God bless America. He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And God's up to something always. And you may feel like you're, you're, uh, you're flying beneath the radar and you've got that, that, um, you know, whatever that big black plane is that, 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 that can't be, you know, stealth guy. You know, you're stealth, right? Slick, stealth, underneath. God, God's got your number. And He loves you too much. To leave you where you are. That's why some of you guys found this place. It wasn't your idea. (laughs) It wasn't your idea. 
It was his idea, and you're here on purpose. I'm, I'm not even going to begin to try to define why. I don't know why. I have no clue why, but you're not here on accident. I do know that. It's a part of your destiny. It's a part of your trajectory. It's part of what God wants to do in your life. And whatever it is that Quentin and Jen and this team um, brings forward, it's a part of it. And God's going to use them to expose, you know, the God that has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you'll see him in a brand new way. Trust me, God's not done with you. It doesn't matter if you're two or a hundred. God's not done with you. He's preparing you for eternity, actually. He's placed eternity in our hearts, the Psalms say. He's placed eternity in our hearts. And and this journey that we're on, these awkward transitional journey moments, whatever, is equipping us for eternity. It's equipping us for life. It's equipping you for that person that you don't even know is going to show up at your door or at your car window, or at your office at work. It's equipping you so that when that moment happens, you will be equipped and prepared to give life to that person in a way that you never knew that you would be able to. Don't stop pecking at the shell. Don't stop stretching beyond your comfort zone. Don't stop letting the Holy Spirit speak life to you. And convince you that you are who he says you are, not who your neighbor says you are. Or that person at your work that does not like you. Or your brother or sister that has rejected you. You are not that person in God's eyes. You are something beautiful. Someone beautiful. Somebody that he knows way beyond your comprehension. You have no idea my failures. Okay, fine. I don't know your failures. But do you think God doesn't know your failures? Come on. It doesn't matter if I know it or not. Who am I? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Quentin knows it. Who cares? God knows it. And he's the one that declares who you are. He's the one that's going to take us from glory to glory. He's the one that's going to make something beautiful out of our lives. I feel really bad that I haven't given a scripture yet. (laughs) I did read some. So let me take a stab at it. Godliness in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. It says godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So if you find yourself in a place right now where you're discontented with your journey and you're fighting this process, I want to challenge you to let some contentment settle into this process. One, recognize that you're not the strange person of the planet, that you're going through what you're going through. Recognize that God knows how you feel but he wants you to rest in this process. Yes, there's a struggle, but you rest in the confidence that God's got you and that he's going to bring you through it and you are going to become better in the final outcome. 
one of those things that I started with is God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Leads my, me into a place where I know that he's preparing me to be a leader or a person that will help other people to become what God has destined them to be. In that, I need to recognize that I'm, I haven't arrived yet. We've never arrived. When we get to the place where we think that, well, I've been a pastor for 26 years, and so I just kind of know all of that. No, I don't. No, you don't. No, we don't. We don't. We only see little glimpses of the, the magnitude of who God is. We only see and experience little glimpses of, you know, I was reading somewhere this morning where it says that, The light that emanates from him is so bright that nobody has ever been able to look upon him. That's just, that just kind of, you know, that just kind of, I don't even understand that. I do weld at times, and I know that you can't look at that light or it'll burn your eyeballs and cause you not to be able to see. And that's like a real, really tiny thing. And then that there is gold in every person. And part of my journey is to be equipped to know and to discern what that gold is and call it out of each person. Last night, the three people that were sitting with me in that room know that there's gold in my life. And they were determined not to let it get buried underneath this process. And so they kept drawing out the gold in me to the point where when I left, I had probably more questions than I came in with, but I was asking different questions when I left. They weren't originating from darkness. Those questions were originating from light from the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of darkness. And so I still believe that there is gold in me. And even when it's in its embryonic state, that gold or that gifting or that ability, if allowed to develop and grow, will become something amazing over time. But the process, and sometimes the reason that that process is so arduous, is because the process, and why we have to operate in contentment during that process, is because the very process, the very arduous, difficult process of pecking our way out of this shell that we're in, is giving us physical strength, emotional strength, psychological and spiritual strength to be able to handle what's going to happen when the thing, when the shell falls apart and now we're required to walk all over the place and breathe and whatever. And so this process of emerging has equipped us, this difficult part of our journey has actually equipped us to do the next thing. And so it's not a bad thing that we're in this awkward, difficult, hard, wrestling spot because if we don't stop wrestling, we will emerge empowered to be able to accomplish whatever it is that he puts before us. 
And so Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things. And I think that's the heart of my message today is for us to be aware that whoever your whoever it is that you look up to, whoever it is that you have set as a uh, an example in your life, whoever it is that you feel like has a, has become what you really want to become. Please don't set your sights on that person. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The truth is, every person that you put your sights on to emulate or to become like, and that is your end goal, has the potential to fail and leave you hanging, disappointed and disillusioned. I used that right. <laughs> Last night I was butchering that word, but anyway, had to be there, I think. So Paul says, I press on. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to each I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. It is a process, it's a journey, and it's an amazing race. And every part of it is distinctly necessary for us to become who God has destined us to become. Every heartache, every trial, every difficult season, every victory... Every time we overcome, beware of those times where you're successively successful. Those are the most, those are the most dangerous times, actually. Because oftentimes when we become successful, it's when we become then to think more highly of ourselves and we begin to think that somehow in our, our ability we were able to arrive at this success. Well, certainly you're a part of the process. But never forget the one that is empowering you to become everything that he's destined for you to become. Set your affection on things above, Philippians tells us. Set your heart and your affection on Christ. If you follow somebody, follow them because they've set their heart and their affection on Christ. And then if they let you down in some way, simply recognize that they're human like you and I are. And now it's our turn to speak life into them so they can get back into the game. Never be overly disappointed when humans fail. It's what we do best. It's, it's by nature and design that we fail when we overcome It's because of Christ in us. So godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. Be patient with your process. Be patient with the people that are obstacles or roadblocks to your success. 
Be patient with the hardships. We're right now in our business. We've hired a consultant because we want to go to a different place. We want to go to a, a, a better place. We've got our crew has enlarged and we need to expand the bottom line. We have to make more money, basically, to meet our deadlines, to meet our goals, to meet, you know, to be profitable. But we also know that to do sometimes to become something that you haven't been able to become, you have to enlist the help of somebody that's been there before you. Kind of what we're talking about today. So we hired a consultant that has done this sort of thing all of his life. And he's pushing us. Chandra is in our office. She knows that we're being pushed beyond our comfort zone. It's very difficult. Sometimes I just want to fire the guy. Not because he's not doing a good job. I just don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be profitable that bad. I just want to, you know, he came in and he said, you and your brother remind me of Robin Hood's band of merry men. You're just going in any direction that seems good to you and having more fun than you should be having and not even realizing that you're bleeding everywhere. That was our first interaction with the guy. It has gone downhill from there. So you want to be a businessman, do you? Yeah. But the intervention is causing us to rethink who we are in the way that we do our day-to-day routine. To get a different end result, we are going to have to do things consistently different. It's so easy to revert back to what's our default settings. And so we have to power past, and it's taking time. We've been, what, five months now? And the six months, yeah, she has to pay the bill. And it's arduous. Change is difficult. Change is difficult. Some of you have been through some pretty massive changes in your life. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Keep going. Don't quit. It's not worth quitting. Quitting's not an option. It's not a good option. It's an option. It's always an option. But it's not a good option. Nope. Where he's destined you to be. All right, so I'm going to try to find a caboose for this thing. The season that you are in has a series of events, successes, failures, attacks, victories, and losses, exhaustion and energy, sorrow and joy, loss and gain. These events, which we call life, put a demand on the structure that has been established so far. You are being built by God into a structure, structurally, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of that. You're being built into a structure that can house, what does he say? You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we are being built into a person that can house the kingdom of God or to steward his giftings that he releases to us into the earth. So if we're going to be trusted with this amazing treasure, then it would stand to reason that we would have to go through some renovations. Amen? Some building process. 
There's some bad wiring. You know, there's some mold that we found that needs to be removed. There's mice in the closet. It's that time of year. Come on, somebody. Don't don't act like you don't have a mouse in your house once in a while. Chandra knows. <laughs> Our office. Holy smoke. Oh, gosh. We've got to do something about that, please. This contentment that we're talking about creates a posture, mentally and spiritually, that positions us to receive instruction that we may grow and produce fruit. The opposite of contentment is complacency, which causes one to withdraw and hide, resisting accountability, and generally lots of unkept branches with no fruit. Let me leave you with this thought. Or let me close with this thought. All growth, God rewards all growth with pruning. Oh, great. We have to go home on that. Couldn't you do like, hallelujah or something? I want you to think about this. God rewards all growth with pruning. It's part of the process. So we grow, we become, we have successes, and then we're pruned. We prune, We are pruned. A lot of times after a harvest, we're pruned so that the next season can be as fruitful or more fruitful than the one past. But if you're, we're not pruned... If all that excess and all of those cumbersome things that are no longer bringing life um, or will not produce fruit continue to hang on, then guess what? The next season will be less fruitful than the one past. And successively so, the longer we go without allowing that pruning process to take place. So you should say, as we stand together, you should say, oh, joy. I'm in for a pruning. (laughs) Oh, joy. I'm in for a pruning. The pruning process is a part of the journey that we're on. Lord, leave me with the good and remove the stuff that isn't. The attitudes, the thoughts, the lies... Because truthfully, what came out of me as I stood there or as I sat there, I began to rehearse some of the things that was going through my, my mind. And much of what I was saying were lies that I had received that were not an accurate description of what God was really doing in my life. And the more I said what was going on, the more obvious my challenge became or the course correction that needed to change. And so if you're feeling today like you're in this spot where you're going to crash and burn, just keep pecking at that shell because it's like a whole new day is getting ready to dawn. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's not where you want to be right now. But don't quit. You're gaining strength for the next part of your journey. You just want to run away from this place and never have to hear one of those 
Pastor Quentin messages again. He's not a softy. He just keeps preaching the word. And the more we're exposed to the word, the more the Holy Spirit challenges us who we are and who he's desiring for us to become. And it becomes difficult. But it's also the most beautiful thing that can ever happen in a person's life. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for today. So thankful for your provision. So thankful, Lord, that we can we can be transparent and open with a group of people that you have called together for such a time as this. Lord, I I pray that as each one of us are dealing with life and this journey and this metamorphosis and this transition and this amazing race that we're in. And we're all at different parts of our journey and Sometimes we've, we've, we're next to the person that's just had this amazing breakthrough and they're, they're in their, their butterfly spot and they're just flying around and having a great time and we're still larvae and our life stinks. It's not fair that theirs is so amazing. God, you've forgotten me and you've poured all of the good stuff on them and, or what's wrong with me? It's gotta be something wrong with me. I don't have enough faith. I didn't repeat enough verses this week. I didn't read enough. I watched Netflix too much and didn't do what I was supposed to do. No, you're just in a different part of your journey. So, Lord, help us to see what part that that we're in. And then as we look around us, we rejoice with those that rejoice and and we weep with those that weep and we Encourage those that are that are needing encouragement and and we draw strength from the process that each one of us are in. God, we look forward with anticipation and expectation at what you have in store for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your generosity. I pray, God, your blessing and favor over each and every person in this room. I pray, Lord, that as we are brutally honest with ourselves that you would help us to see truth that sets us free, not lies that keep us bound and hidden. God, that we are truly content to walk this process out with, with the grace and the energy that you've given to us, refusing to become complacent, refusing to succumb to the complacency that causes us to go uh, and hide. Thank you, Lord, for friends. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. Help us to draw close to one another as the days and weeks and months go by. Thank you for causing this church to become a beacon of hope in this community. We ask your blessing on those churches in this region that are preaching your word and, and advancing the faith. Give give favor and blessing to the pastors and to their, their teams, Lord, as they as they Give light, give your light to the darkness. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.